0: underdog podcast from sb
1: nation and underdog dynasty football fans welcome back to another episode of the underdog podcast where we talk g5 football and only g5 football for underdog dynasty and this is another round of what we are calling joe talk that's me joe serpico on the other side of the mic is my man
0: joe Broback. how you doing my friend hello this is gonna be a different podcast this is going to be a different podcast we got a lot we of do things a lot like, of similar things and this is a good little change up for the offseason
1: yeah so for those of you that don't know we fielded some questions on twitter over the past couple days and we got some 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 good questions some questions that are a little bit outside of the box and maybe we normally wouldn't talk about so we're going to dive in through all that and then we've also got some questions that we'll ask each other that will spring up in between some of the the conversation that we'll be having. So, I guess let's really get it started with I guess your number one fan. Should I put it that way? Sure. Or would you that, can call him that. Yeah. We got a couple of questions from um, Tom Roback, which would be Joe's brother. Mm-hmm. And so, I guess I will lead off with the one question i'm sure that he wants to hear and that was if you got for you guys that don't know joe is from the minnesota area where it's nice and warm right now from what (laughs) we were talking about earlier it's warm enough to melt the snow that, that was one that's of the, a that was a great
0: comment. That that's was a requirement comment. for pre-spring. If it's melting the snow, which is 33 degrees or higher, or if you want to be technical, 32.1 degrees, whatever, that's pre-spring. I'll take it.
1: Yeah, and I'm complaining about having 50 degree weather here in Baltimore. Yeah, <laughs> but to get to the question. So the question is, and it's a little you know it's a little bit out there. Like we said, we're going to have a few of these that are out there. So the question is, how? Would the Minnesota Gophers fare if they were in the American Athletic Conference this year? So, Joe, as the hometown guy, I will let you get it started.
0: All right. First of all, what up, Tom? Thanks for the questions. Appreciate that. He'll appreciate a shout-out. So, I have a love-hate relationship with my hometown team, as I'm sure every fan does. But... I, I'm I'm pretty high on their on them this year. I I think they're gonna do really well. I like what PJ Flex doing and where he has this team going. So I I'm probably gonna be a little biased. But if say if we just go so how he they would fare in the AAC this year? Obviously it depends on their schedule, but let's say just because it, it's a hypothetical, if they played every single team. They would, let's see, they'd beat UConn, ECU, USF, Tulsa, Navy. They'd beat SMU, Tulane. Hmm, this is where it gets tough. How many, how many do you got there? Let's see, so that, of the, what, we have 12 teams? So that's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, they beat Temple this year. I am not loving Temple this year, so that's eight. I think they could go ten and two.
1: In the conference. If they only played. If they played, if they played yeah,
0: if they played all conference teams for the year. I think they don't beat UCF. So,
1: so rank them in terms of so you I'm just doing some so you basically think they've finished third. Second or
0: third, yeah which I think is a fair argument. They just yeah, I mean hmm. they're they're getting great recruiting classes coming in, but obviously that doesn't mean anything to teams like UCF cuz they've proven they can beat I I don't think they beat UCF with how UCF's playing right now, but I think the other teams like they could they could go 11 and 1 against these conference teams, but I'll I'll say yeah I'll say second. I think they only lose the UCF.
1: I honestly have no real arguments for that. I think Houston gives them a game. Memphis gives them a game. I think this year's Temple may have. Uh, yo, I'm, yo, this upcoming one, no way. But last year's Temple, maybe this one, I don't think so. Because I mean, in my head, what so like. And maybe this it kind of relates to you, but when I think of Minnesota, I, I like I almost compare them to Boston College. Is that a fair comparison in your eyes?
0: They're uh, there you know they're you know what I mean they're they're never terrible. Who would I? Com- uh, did I beg to differ. <laughs> I feel like Boston College is a little bit better than Minnesota. Like Minnesota's been just. I don't know. We've just been very, like, very average or bad at the last. Well,
1: okay, and that's what I feel like about Boston College. I mean, I mean, Boston College has had those. I mean, the Matt Ryan years. So they've had their, you know, they've had their times of the ups. But I feel like it's been a long time since that has happened as well.
0: I feel like we're more, more like Arizona or Arizona State. Like we're gonna have nine and ten win seasons every once in a while, but for the most part, it's gonna be very, very average. I guess Boston College would work. I feel like Boston College overachieves more than anybody
1: in the country. Don't say that. Steve Adazzo just
0: ditched us for them. But he, he does a good job, man. Hey. That's a pretty good got... comparison, though. I don't our, know. 11 probably has a stretching championship, it. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. 11-1 is probably stretching it because. The games against Cincinnati, Houston, and Memphis, I think, are are tighter. They're I mean.
1: all does, and, and I think where the matchup is also well, the right, matter. Yeah, there's that too, obviously. Like if you're talking about Minnesota, you know, if, if we were hypothetically saying Minnesota had to travel to Houston, I would right. say that most people would think that Houston would be the favorite, probably in that game. Yeah. And maybe the same argument even with Memphis.
0: Yeah, even I mean even if Minnesota at home, their their home crowds are just have been just awful the last few years. One, because it's usually thirty degrees by the end of October, and two, football is just not super important to the college atmosphere in Minnesota right now. It will be if they start winning a ton of games, but they got to do that first. Or if
1: they were in the AAC,
0: where defense
1: is optional. So we're going to talk some defense later, because there's some some questions later that we'll definitely talk defense. But all right, let's, which which what, route do I want to go next? What do you What do you think? Did you answer?
0: What do I think of Minnesota? Yeah, well, how would they do in the AAC? I mean, I basically agreed with you. Well, have your uh, own opinion. Come on. Okay. All right. So
1: I do think that Minnesota's on the right track under P.J. Fleck, and I know that, at least going into this year, that they should have a pretty solid running game if all three backs are – because if I believe two of them got hurt, right?
0: Well, so they'll, have, they'll have uh, Mohamed Ibrahim, Bryce Williams, so, who were the two guys that played this year, and then – Rodney well, Smith good. and Shannon Brooks are the ones yeah. that got hurt.
1: Yeah, those are the two names. That, you know, so like they got you know four guys. They should have a solid run game. You know that. And then, I mean, let's face it. That's kind of that's Big Ten football. So if you can pound the rock, which it seems like Minnesota will be able to, I, I think they will be pretty successful in the Big Ten. Now, how does that translate into our conference? I think. Doesn't really matter because I think, like you basically said, defense is optional and running teams do seem to have success against the American. I mean, Army, Army, what they did to Houston, I mean, dude, stop, don't make me depressed already. What Army did to Houston or BC did to Temple. I mean, we can just you know, there's plenty of games we can just talk about where you know if if you can pound the rock, you can beat these AAC teams. That's true. All right, let's go to the next. Let's do this question first. Let's do he asked what was going to be the top three games in the American. Now that's kind of like a, a bland question, so I wasn't really sure if he meant. Conference games or out-of-conference games, so let's do a little bit of both. And we talked about it right before we started. I mean, for us, the three games are really no-brainers. Out-of-conference, I should say.
0: Right. Because you got you have UCF-Stanford, Houston-Oklahoma, and Memphis-Ole Miss. You could also put Houston- Washington State, Houston, North Texas, UCF against Pitt, Cincinnati against Ohio State, Cincinnati against UCLA. I think you have to pick what games are actually winnable. Is there any chance that Cincinnati beats Ohio State? Maybe, because Urban meyer has gone, but I don't think that's happening. No, I don't see that happening either. So I think you have to pick games that you have a, a... Realistic shot of winning, maybe in a little bit of stretch, because I'm not sure how we talked about this last time, Oklahoma against Houston. I don't know how feasible it is to get a win in Norman too.
1: And not many teams have as of late, so it's it's really outstretched to think that Houston would be the team that does so.
0: Yeah, so it has to and be uh, UCF, Stanford, Houston, Oklahoma, and Memphis will Miss. Not you mentioned one game that, that I personally can't
1: wait to see. It'll be that that North Texas game. North Texas, fun. Houston. Yeah, that's gonna be fun. That's gonna be a fun game. I hope Houston just stomps them. I mean, for the conference, I do. Now, me personally, if there's there's one game that I'm really looking forward to, again, that's just because of where I'm from, but it is a temple maryland game this year again they got to play each other this year but now they'll you know they'll finish out the home and home so that has uh, a lot of Who Won that game be. this year temple did on the road that's right
0: after maryland beat texas yep after and maryland after had- temple lost to. Buffalo and Villanova
1: and Villanova exactly
0: so I remember I actually
1: was I was there covering the game and remember you know I basically went into that game thinking all right well if Maryland will just beat up on Texas and the way T- Temple had played in their first two games I was like well Maryland will probably take this pretty easily and no there was but there was a lot going on at maryland that day that was also their first game at maryland since the whole death of jordan mcnair oh yeah so like there was that you know they you know they had the tribute before the game where they didn't even line up uh, and they didn't even line up the his spot and you know temple was classy enough to decline the penalty but you know they you know they lined up missing in a spot And, you know, that was a very emotional game for a lot of people. You could see, like, you know, because I was there after the game talking to some of these guys, and you could see the emotion in a lot of their faces. So I think that was more of the case in that game. But at the same time, that did get the ball rolling for Temple a little bit. So I won't complain about it as a Temple alum. But, yeah, that's the one game personally that I'm looking forward to out of conference. Now, we talked about some of the in-conference games a little bit on our last episode but I think the two that I have written down that make the biggest impact I think this year is going to be that UCF on the road against Cincinnati I think that I mean we talked about it a little bit last time that is probably UCF's most dangerous game in the conference and it's also it's you know it's a divisional opponent too and then on the other side of the conference, on the West, for me, it's and it seems to be the case every year now. It's whoever wins that Memphis Houston game. And that seems to be the deciding factor of to represent the West side of the uh, American. Yeah, so basically, so- those th- those two games right there, they could they single-handedly could they could determine who plays in the conference championship game.
0: Yep. And I'm kind of bummed that Memphis doesn't play UCF. Although maybe they choke away that chance again, but. Or maybe it does happen in the championship game again. True.
1: Would it be the third year in a row, right? Yep. Yeah, it would be the third year in a row of that game. That's true. And then, so, obviously you got to throw in War on I-4. Do you, though? Yeah. I think that's that's arguably one of the better games in college football.
0: I mean, it's I mean, not up there of with two some years of the... ago. This last
1: year was a joke. Well, yeah, but who's to say maybe this maybe this year has a little bit more importance? Maybe now, we're trying to turn you on the other side a little bit, my friend. No, you're not. Don't even start. so we're going to turn you a little bit on on the other side. Maybe this year. Yeah. Okay. And then I had one more game because these are my two teams and it's the last game of the year. Because maybe, just maybe, this game determines the AAC West. Tulane SMU.
0: Maybe. That's all I get is maybe, huh? Doubt it, but maybe.
1: But all right, let's have some fun now. Tom's last question might be one of the better ones that we've gotten because this is something we have never done. So we're gonna we're gonna rank the conference jerseys based on colors. Just the uniforms in
0: general, or just the colors?
1: Well, I went by the their jerseys that they typically wear. Okay. Like, because I am going to talk. There's some jerseys that are that are in the conference, but they don't wear them regularly. That are awesome. Like those navy blue angel jerseys from a couple years ago. They were badass. That's true. Like those are awesome. The Tulane baby blues. Like those, those are, are awesome, sweet. but they, you know, what I mean, like I they liked, wear
0: them. I liked the uh, temples. Their grays they wore this year. I thought those were sweet. And then See, I was gonna bring them up. So I'll bring those uh, up in a little bit. The the black ones that they wear.
1: See, I like the black ones too. Those are sick. I like the black ones too. Anyway, sorry. You go ahead. So I'm gonna go first, and you already basically set up. Number one in my heart, forever and always, is Temple University. Stop. No way. That nobody in the country claims to wear cherry. We rock the cherry, and we've got five different unis to match. right, man. Wow. Five different unis, all right? No other team in the conference has five different unis. Yeah, they do. UCF does yeah but UCFs they're all boring as hell Oof.
0: Oof. I' don't know, we're gonna, I'll get I'll all get right, to, you go you go ahead I'll refrain from
1: too many comments all right so my number twos are the ECU purple jerseys I like them because I mean I live in Baltimore I've said that multiple times but they don't I hate the Ravens purple. Just something about that purple I just don't like.
0: It's like the same purple.
1: It is not the same
0: purple. It's like ju- the Ravens are like just a little bit darker.
1: Okay, exactly. That's just like saying, and, and I'm gonna get into them. But there's a whole bunch of different green teams in our conference, and some of them are better than others. Oh man. Okay. Continue. All right.
0: This is gonna be a yeah, three-hour no- podcast just 'cause we're gonna spend two hours arguing this. Yeah,
1: probably. My number threes are the SMU
0: red jersey. Oh, God. Wait, so are we picking one jersey for each team and, like, ranking that?
1: No, but I'm just going by, like, that's why I like SMU at number three, because of the red
0: jersey. Uh, Oh, okay.
1: Hey, you do whatever you want to do when it's your turn, all right?
0: Okay, yeah, go ahead. (laughs) All right, then. I'm struggling here.
1: (laughs) My number four is, is
0: the UCF gold jerseys. Oh, I thought you were going to say Golden Knights, and I was about to hang up and never podcast with you again. Uh, the gold jerseys. The gold jerseys? Yeah. You don't remember the gold ones? Are we? Are you talking about, like, the old gold jerseys? No,
1: they still, I'm okay, what did they wear them, last year, two years ago, something like that? I'm
0: trying to remember what. It wasn't that long ago that they was rocking those. Dude, two years ago? That was like Blake Bortles. No. Yeah. No. They did not they, wear gold this year. Yeah. They wore gold last year for sure. Who would they play against? Don't ask me that question. Come on, man. You gotta know this stuff. Milton and gold, I vividly remember. I
1: I literally spent the whole day looking up pictures of this stuff, alright? And I was like, man, <laughs> that one, I love that one.
0: The gold or is it are you talking about like that the um like greyish kinda I,
1: if I remember if I remember right, it was the gold top and white pants?
0: I am yeah. not seeing any gold. I'm seeing Blake Bortles in gold. No, it was
1: before. It was after that, too. I remember it, I last I, year, I, I saw Milton
0: in it. That's why I was like, yep, I like those. I'm, I'm not it. seeing gold anywhere. I'm seeing gold helmets. No, they had gold jersey. Dude, I'm I'm just calling you calling you out man. I don't I don't believe it.
1: Alright, well I'll tweet this out once you, we're done this podcast. You find me a picture.
0: We'll do. My number
1: five. I'm curious to see how you feel about this one.
0: Oh dear. The USF those green jerseys that they rock regularly. See, I actually really like those with the those that chrome gold. Yep, I like those a lot. Those are those are pretty. Good. Well, and the jerseys have like the metallic gold. I actually
1: flipped those literally as like I I on my sheet I have USF at four, but then I remember that picture of Milton in that gold jersey, and I'm telling you, and I was like, man, I really like that jersey. And I just I did a it. picture. I will find it for you once we're done. All right, who do I have at number six? Because uh, then, because then after that, I feel like. Most of their jerseys are kind of whatever. No. Really? Okay. All right. So I have Tulane at six, and that's because of said baby blue jerseys that I like a lot. Those are pretty dope. I like those a lot, but like the green comment that I made earlier, like USF's green is pretty cool. Tulane's green is pretty ugly. Okay. Okay. Then number eight, I have Houston.
0: It's so disrespectful.
1: I'm total fan of the black jerseys they have, but like their white jerseys, they just they just bore me.
0: Man, I don't know what to say to you right now.
1: Yeah, they just bore me. I'm sorry. Right. Nervous. Uh, what number am I now? Eight. Eight. I'm switching this up as I go too. I'm looking at my list. And I'm like, ah, I'm switching this up. Eight, <laughs> I have Cincinnati. Okay. Again, they. So I, I, I like SMU's red better, but don't mind Cincinnati's red. And then when they rock those all blacks at home, I think that's a pretty sweet look too. It's very slick.
0: Okay. Number nine, I got Memphis. Man, that surprises me. What don't you like about their stuff?
1: So they have that, that uh, what was it, a gray and blue jersey that they did, and I kind of did like that. But, again, the rest of their uh, they just sort of, I don't know, they just seem average to me. Kind of like the same comment I made about Houston. You sound old. Yeah, but they're just, you know what I mean? Okay, let's put this question out there. How do you feel about Penn State's jerseys? Because it sounds like you're a big fan. Of, of Penn State, old, yeah, no, the jersey,
0: the jersey. old tradition, old traditional is what it sounds like. You just like old colors, and that's it. No. no, no, I'm the opposite. I like everything. Like my fit, one of my favorite teams is Oregon because they change things up all the time. I love that, but that's that's why I put
1: Temple number one. I guess
0: I guess it's it's kind of like Penn State and Alabama are kind of in their own category. Like you can't really compl- you can't really compare. Penn State to Oregon, because that's two different two different lanes. Penn State's uniforms are sweet because they're so simple and they're a classic look, but I just feel like you can't compare a team that has literally two uniforms and a team that has a 100.
1: Okay. I have no arguments with that, but if you are, say, team I just mentioned, Memphis, all right, you need – in my eyes I think those jerseys are pretty eh. You know what I mean? Like why not have a jersey that pops? If you're a school that's not Oregon or Penn State and you're trying to make you know what I mean? Like you're trying to make a a scene nationally. that's what Temple did. Well, I guess we'll let you uh
0: we'll let you go a little bit. All right. Go ahead. Go
1: ahead. I have, number ten, I have Navy. And that's basically because of those, like I said, those Blue Angel jerseys, I thought, are awesome. And then every year they come up with something new that, and granted, it's just for that one game, but against Army, because other than that, I think their jerseys are just that, what They're is just it? just pretty blue, b- boring. Yeah, that blue and gold is just whatever, you know what I mean? I mean, like it's
0: the, not a bad look, it's just like there's nothing special about it. It's, you know what you're getting until, yeah, an Army-Navy is, is sick exactly
1: so it's just like yeah whatever so i'm not i'm not big fan of those at all 11 i have tulsa again like i don't know and we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about um not just their jerseys we're gonna talk about something else with that program but you know their jerseys Again, just seem kind of bland. Nothing special. Nothing sticks out. Nothing. You know, what I mean, just nothing special. Mm-hmm. And then I could say the same thing about the number twelve team, just because I feel like they should be number twelve in everything we do. <laughs> that is UConn. Again, even their jerseys, same deal. Nothing. You know, what I mean, there's no nothing flashy. Nothing. You know I mean? Like, especially. Especially right now, you kind of, if you're struggling financially as bad as it seems you are, eighty million in the hole is the the reported number. Do something to set yourself out there. Even though it mean start trying to come up with some, some crazy jerseys to make it work. Sell something. Because that's the one thing. So before I even started all this, I was like, man, there is no team in this conference that is like a Maryland or Oregon uh, that, or, I mean, even Alabama or Penn State that has, like, they are really tied to whether it be plain and simple or extravagant. They're all pretty, you know what I mean? Like, I could argue that basically you could put all of these in the bottom half of the country in terms of uh, appeal nationally.
0: Hmm.
1: No, you don't agree with me. Apparently not. I don't know. About time we don't agree on something. You of... pretty much disagreed
0: with your entire list.
1: <laughs> well, then, all right, let's get it. Let's hear what you got for me.
0: All right, number one, Memphis. Not even nice. a question. I'm just like I'm struggling to find out why. So, well, okay, so here here's the thing. I think a lot of people struggle with the like the Cincinnati Bengals stripes kind of replication. Yeah, I don't like that at all. But I, I like it. And that's just me. And also they don't always do that. They they oh. have like the Memphis Tiger logo with their numbers on the side. And they always have some sort of like chrome decals, which I think is sick. Um So I I like that. I think I I would have UCF and Memphis tied for first. Just because UCF's been doing a lot of crazy things with their helmets. Like last year when they put, everybody had a picture of themselves on their decal on the UCF logo. Like that was sick. And they've just been doing a lot of sweet stuff. So they'd be 1A and 1B. Number three would be, who's number three? Uh, Cincinnati's number three. I like their, like Under Armour does some really good stuff. In terms of, like, ranking brands in college football, it's Nike and then Under Armour, and then Adidas is, like, a distant third. Definitely no arguments there. So they are number three. Houston's four. I know you don't like their look, but I I do, I think. The one thing I will say is when they do their black jerseys, I want them to have black helmets. I'm sick of them wearing these... Red helmets with like dark gray face mask and decals. That doesn't work. I don't like that. No, I do like their all black look. Like I said, like that all black look a lot.
1: Yeah, I think they're red. The look white is, jerseys are just. Meh.
0: Yeah. Uh, and then, what am I at five? SMU. I think they they do some really cool stuff. I don't think they get a lot of love for it. Um, let's see, six. Six, I'd have to go Temple just because they've been switching the colors up a little bit this year. They don't do anything crazy, but the fact that they went with black and then gray, I like that a lot. Uh, seven, I'm going to go Tulane just because that baby blue is just, like you said, you really like it. I just It pops every single time I see it, so I like that. Then what am I at now? Eight? Nine? Yeah. One, you two, still,
1: three... Four, you still haven't said my top...
0: Two of my top five teams. Um, let's see. Uh, <clears throat> next would be ECU, because I like that purple. But I don't think they do a ton. They just don't switch it up enough for me to... Like, it's like they're trying to... They're trying to do both. They're trying to have like a classic look and also change it up at the same time, but they don't commit to one, really. So I want them to go one way or the other. And then... Who's next? Oh, USF. Don't I, They don't really do anything. They used to... When Quentin Flowers was there, they were doing all sorts of different colors and whatnot. But now it's... They just have their homes in a way. I mean, their home jerseys... With, like I said, the, the chrome gold helmets and then the metallic numbers and letters is, is awesome. But that's pretty much it. So that leads me to 10. Uh, 10 is Navy, just to be different. 11 is Yukon, just because they switch things up. And then 12 is Tulsa because they have, like, two jerseys, and that's it. So there. Boom. Boom. all right where do you want to go from here wherever man let's see do we want to jump into how do we see Dana Holgerson's first season going and then who wins the AAC which let's let's do
1: yeah let's do the Dana talk and then we'll do the second question because there's a couple that are kind of yeah. We're a little bit similar there. Perfect. So, the, ask me that Dana question one more time. How's he going to do in his first How season? How's Dana
0: saying? Holgerson's first season going? Well, I think we've we've kind
1: of talked about it a little bit in some previous episodes, but he will come into the conference with which we both agree would be the best quarterback in the conference. Yep. So I think that obviously will definitely help him transition pretty smoothly into the conference. I don't want to go out and say that they're going to win it in his first year there, but at the same time, if it happened, it wouldn't shock me. Just because we don't know what we're going to get from UCF this year, because there is no Milton and, you know, it's a supposed battle for the quarterback position there. And we'll talk, I'm sure, plenty about uh, Wimbush and Mac all of summer. And then we mentioned that Cincinnati team, that Memphis team as well. So uh, it's no guarantee that the Cougars are going to win it in his first year. But like I said, if he pulls that off, with the best player in the conference that'll one definitely help with his recruiting in the next year i don't think there's any argument there i mean i mean he's just gonna i think he comes in right away and is probably gonna be the top recruiter in the conference and then if he comes in and wins it it only helps the case yeah and a
0: new coach and it, like just and
1: it's... then if he somehow pulls off that miracle, which I think we both don't think is going to happen, but if he somehow does pull that off, if they somehow beat Oklahoma, Houston's recruits are going to be even more ridiculous and I think even if he pulls that off, I think he it's a successful year already, honestly,
0: right, especially with the defense overhaul that's needed. It's, yeah, They're not going to play defense. Well, no one plays defense, but obviously the safe picks to to win the conference would be Memphis and UCF. That's I don't think anybody would argue against that unless they cheer for a different school. But his first Holgerson's first year here is going to be interesting because it's a new it's it's a new face in a program that desperately needed one, and a coach that's going to provide. An energy that level that hasn't been there since Tom Herman was there, so it's you never know what you're gonna get with a new coach. It could be, yeah, it could be uh, they win the conference and pull off an upset against Oklahoma and Washington State, but it also could, you know, it very realistically could be an eight four season where they finish second to Memphis in in their own division. So I think. If I had to guess, to be optimistic, just because I've had enough pessimism for the last two years with Houston, I see them going 10-2. and two. But, again, their defense needs a lot of work. But I'm excited to see what Dr. King does with Dana Holgerson. So that's going to be fun to watch. Yeah,
1: so I'm I'm trying to think. So ten and two means basically you think the two games are going to lose are those two games that you mentioned?
0: That or the you know the well, let me. (laughs) Because
1: in my head, to be honest, with like before you before you said that, I was thinking I was like if they go. If they go 8-4, 9-3, I think this
0: year is a pretty successful season considering the schedule. Right, well, because they have to play Oklahoma, Washington State, Cincinnati, UCF, and Memphis. Memphis, Obviously, that's what I mean. Games like SMU and North Texas and Tulane will be difficult, but, you know, it's...
1: I think that North Texas game, is a little. I think you're writing that off a little bit because I think that's going to be a more difficult game than
0: you think. Well, and they have to go Washington State at Tulane at North Texas and Cincinnati. That's a four-game stretch. That's brutal.
1: That is pretty. And then, like I said, I, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Mason Fine down in North Texas. So I'm just I think sick I, of hearing about
0: North Texas, to be honest. Well, you won't have to once he leaves. That's true, which shouldn't be too much longer. It's only another year if I'm correct.
1: He's already smashed every record in North Texas. There we go. But I guess Dana, no, again, Dana for me, eight and four, nine and three, I think is actually a solid first season in the conference. yeah, I agree even even if it doesn't get them a conference championship, I, I think that's still pretty solid. yep. And to tie back to a previous discussion. That Memphis Houston game is probably going to be the deciding factor. As usual, it'll be. That's actually I think going to be a fun matchup to watch if it happens to be over the years because who knows where Sonny, or excuse me, not Sonny Dykes, where Mike uh, Norvell ends up in well like we could actually say at this time next year he might be elsewhere but if those two coaches do stick around for maybe the next two three years now that, that's going to be a fun little chess match to kind of watch Mm-hmm. i agree especially this year they've they, you know both teams has an established quarterback one's way better than the other i think we both agree there but one has an established coach is the on the other side, one, you know, is going to be learning on the fly basically this year. But uh, there was the other question that you kind of said, uh, and it's it kind of ties into multiple questions that we were asked about UCF. Uh, we've had some questions. So my good friend, Kudobal, asks, you know, over or under 10 wins for UCF? Uh, are buddy eric henry who's the host of the conference usa podcast here at underdog dynasty he asked what's more likely aac, AAC champion ucf or the field so i guess this is the time let's do the uh, ucf discussion and i think the easy way out is to obviously go on the one question is the field when you're asking about the champion.
0: Right, and we're going to go into detail more later in the offseason, so I don't think we need to spend too long with this. But, yeah, if you're betting, you would probably take the field just because, look, what UCF has done has been incredible, but all good things have to come to an end, and especially if you don't have the magic, which has been pretty much Mackenzie Milton in the offense – I don't think Mac or Wimbush had that same magic that Milton does. So I think maybe we're wrong. They were I, wrong about it. I hope we're wrong. And they went, they go undefeated again. Cause that would be fun to watch. But I think if you're betting, you have to take the field in terms of over, under. And t- that's tough.
1: Well, we I mean we kinda did this discussion last week. The two games that that are gonna matter the most, obviously, is that Stanford game and that is at home and on the road at Pitt who they just blasted this year. Right. But then like I said earlier, like that UCF Cincinnati game, like I think that's that's could be a game right there. In conference, I yeah. felt like in the past couple of years, we haven't been, or even last year, I I think we didn't know if there was a game in conference that would make UCF trip up. Like, their first conference game could be it.
0: They have then, a handful of games. And then there's Houston, are, too. You yeah. know what I mean? They, I mean, they got right. Houston. Right. Yeah. So it's not. And then,
1: I, I mean, that war on I 4, you never, I mean, this year was. Wasn't much of a contest, but you never know what you're going to get in that game either. Right. Of the last three
0: years, this is by far the most difficult schedule.
1: Oh, and I think it's more just because of you. Kind of touched on it a little bit, but those those first couple games are not that easy. Right. Well, and, that and I thing think is... and we're and we're writing off FAU. You know I mean, I mean, they still got Lane Kiffin, and he always well not always because this year they definitely were a huge letdown, but he seems to work magic at least once a season
0: right well and then you have to also consider that UCF didn't play Houston the last two years and Cincinnati is is better than they have been in the past so it's just there's a lot of different factors that go into making me skeptical about if they could pull off another undefeated year
1: and then not to just go to I think this is arguably Cincinnati's best team in a, what, four or five years?
0: This year or last year?
1: Yeah, this year, coming into this year. You think so? Uh, yeah, at least at least they have some things established. Like coming well, in last again. year, like they had what? I mean, they, Christ, we were still talking about Hayden Moore.
0: Yeah, who was last a year's team going to be better year. than this year's team, though? You think so? Yeah, they're going to have a record. I, see, I think well, the worst yes. record this year.
1: Yes, they're definitely gonna have a worse record this year, but I think that's because of the schedule is way tougher this year. But I think talent-wise, I think this the Cincinnati team is definitely on the up. They know they have a quarterback coming in this year, which they didn't last year. They didn't really know what the running back situation was going to play out to be. They they have a guy in, in Michael Warren now, so at least they have you know they've got some things kind of established, as opposed to last year, which they really shocked us. And we didn't have these answers going into the year. That's true. So for me, I, I you know, and I, like you said, I don't think Cincinnati is going to be better this year because their out-of-conference schedule is rough. But I do think they have... The perfect opportunity to dethrone UCF first week of conference
0: play. We will see. We will see. So I guess we can jump into Eric's other question. Which team or teams are likely to make the biggest jump this year?
1: I'm going. Uh, Maybe I was one year too early. But things have changed, too. So I'm going with SMU. Yeah, they lost Ben Hicks. He's following Chad Morris to Arkansas. But they found a replacement. And it's a rare replacement, too, because it's not often that you find a, one, a transfer that can play right away. But you also find a transfer that can play two years. And... Those around the country. Even I mean, even I think a lot of your ca- casual college football fans are gonna be like, Oh, hey, Shane Boucher is down at SMU right now. And he's got some weapons to work with. He still has James Purchy. I mean, I know they don't have the they don't have Brady West anymore, but they still have Xavier Jones and Keimon Freeman. Sonny Dykes likes to th- sling it. I mean, Shane Boucher might put up some serious numbers this year.
0: You are gonna just ride SMU until they finally do something good for you. This is their year, baby. This I think, is their I year. Think Tulane could make that big jump. I don't think that would see. Here is what so I,
1: I when I was doing this, Tulane was the other team that I was looking at, but Tulane's schedule again. Ugh. Like I just, I don't know. It's so rough. You said that, that I,
0: last year, though, when they struggled out the gate. You said they weren't going to make a bowl game, and look what happened. And they barely made one. Hey, they made it though. My pick's going to be ECU, not because they're going to like win ten games or anything, but they're going to they're going to have a big jump this year. I'm going to speak it. I'm be like Lavar Ball, speaking it into existence
1: just kidding no, I don't want to be on the actu- at all I actually agree with you about ACU. I think they will be better than they have been in recent years I think Mike Houston is going to take them back to I don't want to say glory days because they're not even close to competing for championships <laughs> but you know, at least make them a little more respectable like they're not going to be like Oh, ECU, we're going to walk in there and just beat them up. For some teams, yeah, but for the middle of the pack, they won't be able to say that like they have in in years past. All right, so let's see. I guess this is where we get to where my buddy Kyle, who's my co-host for the Offside Position podcast, he asked, which is the, the usual question, about conference realignment. And that being, I mean, I think everybody automatically points to whether teams are going to poach from the AAC. And I just saw your message, but I'm still going to do this question anyways.
0: That's fine.
1: Because my question is – so everybody automatically assumes that teams are going to be plucked from the AAC because they're trying to pull this Power 6 movement. But my argument is who's to say that the Power 5 or let's say they, it becomes a Power 4 – really they basically just decimate what is left of the big 12 and then the AAC comes in and just takes what's left over so my question I guess to really put it in the question is if there was a team that could come in the AAC who would you want it to be from where doesn't matter well I want Alabama obviously well, wow. I didn't, didn't. come on, more realistic. Don't be like that.
0: <laughs> well, I don't think the Big 12 going to go – I don't know. Like, the Big 12 just made the playoff for the second year in a row, and I feel like the Pac-12 is the one that's more concerning. I
1: don't know. All right, fine. There you go. Make it, your argument for the Pac-12. But here's my – okay, so I think the Big 12, the reason why the Big 12 and the AAC are, always seem to be kind of tied together because – Geographically, they make more sense. Let's just put it that way. They, um, we don't. There's no PAC Pacific Coast teams in either conference. And then if you're really going to turn this American into a freaking whole world or a whole country thing, no. I guess that kind of makes sense because if you're going to call it the American, but that just doesn't make sense for a lot of these teams in the conference who are already. Some of them are already struggling
0: to make the travel. UConn. I just, yeah, it's... Well, okay, so it goes into Kyle's next question about streaming is it kind of depends on that media deal. If they get a media deal, then it doesn't look like they're going anywhere. I don't think the Big 12 is going anywhere considering what they got going on, but if the AAC doesn't get the deal that they want, then what's stopping Houston from going to the Big 12 or what's stopping UCF from going somewhere? you know it's just if they don't get the money they're probably better off going somewhere else instead of sticking in a conference that's not going to get them because these teams are trying to move up they're not trying to just be the best in their conference they're trying to move up in college football nationally so if they don't get the money that they want they they're better off going somewhere else where they can get that which is a fair point
1: i mean just the numbers the difference in numbers, because I looked at every conference's numbers that they get from their media deals right now. We know who the two big moneymakers are, you know, SEC and the AAC. You know, the Big Ten is not too far behind. But then, you know, kind of we just alluded to, then it kind of gets a little bit mushy because the Pac-12 and the Big 12, the Big 12, big 12 doesn't even have its own network. The Pac 12 does, but that network is struggling. And then, honestly, I think if you, you know, we've talked about this a little bit, but if you're the AAC, the, the smartest thing that you have done in this whole thing of your P6 movement is not start a network. Because it seems like the networks, and we've seen it, and not not just uh, from those two that I mentioned, but even the bigger ones. Like, They already know when their contract comes up, they're going to struggle with the numbers because people want to go the streaming route. And I guess that goes into Kyle's question there because we talked about the whole ESPN deal, and I, they're going to get that $10 million. I think that number is a strong number. And I think it makes sense considering that Eight of the 12 teams in the conference are in the top 50 market. I talked about the whole basketball thing. You have Navy in there, which helps as well. You know, So I think they have everything in there to help. And I also think what really, really helps is when you have a commissioner who once was in that field, that literally was his field before – became the commissioner like that's what he did he did television contracts this is the guy that got college basketball or excuse me the ncaa tournament on cbs so you can watch every single game it wasn't like that until he was in one of those rooms he he's one of the guys that made that happen and then you're seeing some of the other teams, like UCF, and they are I think they're the only one, and you can check me if I'm wrong, but they were smart enough to realize that we've got such a big following now, let's do our own little streaming service. So that ESPN deal that you talked about, obviously that's where they're going for it. That's what they really want. But I think they have options if it doesn't work out. Granted, it won't make them the same money as ESPN, let's be real. But at the same time, like, say they were to sign with, Kyle mentioned Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, there's all those other things that are out there as well. But the American has their own little thing out there right now. It's called the American Digital Network. And that is actually one of the only ones in the country that's literally digital only. So that means if they really wanted to go streaming, they're ready to go right this second. Boom, they're ready to go. They don't have anything to worry about. Not even the SEC and the AAC can make that claim because they decided years ago that they were going to make – instead of trying to come up with their own channel, they were going to go strictly having their own little streaming thing granted it's not on any of those big things that I've said it's just on Facebook right now but they knew that if ESPN was going to be an option they can go this route and they're already ready to go as opposed to other schools that are not in the power five you know they would probably be struggling to find a suitor
0: I can't argue with anything you said
1: I know. That's why I said it. <laughs> but you still, I mean, because there was the other question that Mike asked. So and that his question was, if you can basically do a trade. So if you could do like if you can some sort of trade some from this, I think he said the Sun Belt and Conference USA. You now, which one of those teams would you want to bring in?
0: So are we trading one team from ours, and we're getting one from either of those?
1: I mean, I think we all know who we're trading out in a heartbeat. Oh, it's for sure Temple. Yeah, send us to the SEC.
0: <laughs> uh, well, obviously, Take that contract. It's, obviously it's UConn. I don't think there's any doubt about that. But Okay, so and this is going to be my next question for you.
1: Is UConn going to be on its way out?
0: Well, if they keep the way they're going – I mean, if let – me, let me pull something up here.
1: Because the only thing that seems to be keeping UConn afloat right now, and I don't think it's keeping them afloat financially, but I think it's keeping them afloat in the sports world, is the basketball team – women's basketball team, excuse me.
0: They, only won, they haven't won eight games in a season since 2010.
1: And football is, you know, know, let's be honest, football is the main driver for finances in in college athletics.
0: They have won 28 games only since 2010. That includes one, two, three, four, five seasons of three wins or less. So it's. That sounds like Temple back in the day.
1: And guess what happened to Temple when they were in the Big East like that? They got the boot.
0: I mean, I've heard there's already. All right, talks there's another okay. going to the FCS level.
1: Uh, okay, there's a good question for you. Could you see the AC giving them the boot considering their financial problems?
0: Maybe. I don't know. you got to have someone you can put mark down as a win every week, though okay yeah i guess every conference has one of those yeah but no one no one logistically thinks oh we need a team that's really really bad that we can just beat up on but the the obvious answer is yeah that's it's why we're picking them It, it there's it would be really hard for either you or i to convince the other one that it's a different team that's getting the boot especially in this hypothetical situation
1: yeah, that, the, well,
0: yeah. And uh, yeah, obviously, like if someone you know, like, if comes up to food, you and says, Who who would you kick out of the AAC? Like, you and I don't even have to think about it. It's not even a question.
1: Well, I think most fans of the conference would say the same, too. Yeah. But who do. Okay. Well, because I don't The harder ask, part
0: I, is the next The next question the is next, who do you add? Had, yeah. Do you have an answer right off the bat? Uh,
1: so, I, like, Give me Hawaii. Well, yeah, then we're truly making this an American
0: conference. True. We're doing the podcast from Hawaii if that happens.
1: No problems there. Absolutely zero problems there. Okay, we'll we'll, we'll do it. To, e- okay. We'll do it every week there too.
0: Yeah, seriously. Okay, we'll stick to Conference USA and Sunbelt. Who do I want?
1: No, I'll let you I mean if you want to include even Mountain West, go for it. But I feel like so my argument with that though is so like some people just assume that, like, if the American was to say somehow go 14 or 16, that they're gonna take some of those teams. But I don't think that makes any sense at all.
0: Well, and Mountain West is kind of getting in Pac 12 territory, too. Yeah, exactly, so let's not you know, do that. That's a- let's just stick to Conference USA. I don't even know who I'd pick.
1: I for me, it's a no brainer, honestly. Who are you picking? Army. I mean, that's, you know, really? I, I, I'm not, so obviously I'm not taken from one of the conferences, but I think Army makes sense for so many reasons. The conference would be able to be like, hey, we have the Army Navy game. And it actually had, just think if that game could actually have like a significance for a conference championship. or yeah, let's just put it this way let's just so right now navy is on the west which doesn't make sense considering they're in Annapolis but and then you put a army on the east you still have your army navy game but could you imagine an army navy game that comes down for a championship
0: as well can army hang in that in this conference they just asking no i'm not like saying anything i just they put a 70
1: spot on houston did they not it's, it's Touche. They put seventy on Houston, and I think this new army that we've been seeing as of late, pretty good. I don't yeah, think they're, they're right. Yeah, what I mean, so I, I think for me that would be the team. Now, you know, you could point to because the close second for me, App State. Hmm. Or Marshall, like, or maybe that's just because I kind of always am a kind of a fan of those two teams. But those are it. But I could also see an FIU. You know I mean, why not add that that third Florida school that's down there and throw them in there on the you know, in the East? If you kick, if you're kicking out UConn, why not put FIU? Then you got FIU, UCF, and USF battling every year.
0: Is App State really like that good? I know, like, they almost beat Penn State, but they didn't, first of all. Well, you know, so, let's... What is their claim to what fame, at... that they beat Michigan in 2007? Like, that's 12 years ago. Yeah, but they're
1: beating up in the conference now, are they not? Yeah,
0: but who... Okay, like, that's my point, though, is how good is the is the Sun Belt compared to the AAC? Well,
1: if you ask those Sun Belt people, they're way better. because they had a better record both season.
0: Well, pff- If I get a beat up on frigging Texas State, Georgia State, South Alabama, and Louisiana Lafayette every year, then, yeah, I'd say my teams would be pretty good.
1: I put App State in the same. So here's the thing. App State to me is ECU if we're going to do a comparison game again.
0: Right. I guess I'm not saying that App State isn't good, but let's not act like the Sun Belt's frigging SEC. No, obviously not.
1: That's why. So okay. So kind of to my my little bit. So if I could poach any team, for me it was you know okay. So say the SEC takes a couple teams, and the Big Ten takes a couple teams, and the ACC takes a couple teams. You know there might be like a two or three that are left over, right? So. Say the American ended up with a TCU in Iowa State.
0: There's nothing wrong with that. Hmm. Would you take? Would you take an FAU or an FIU? Or are you good because we already have two Florida teams?
1: No, I, I just said it a little bit earlier. I would take. I would take FIU. That's actually not a solid, or excuse me, not a solid, not a bad. Idea either,
0: but then like, you... like what happens when Kiffin leaves or exactly Davis so, is like, gone? Kiff... So like, does that affect it? And that the same thing with North Texas when Mason Fine or not Mason Fine when um, Seth Latrell leaves. Like, are they still going to be good or are they going to be bad because they don't have him?
1: Like, can we say the same about Memphis once Norvell's
0: gone? Mm, maybe, because, but like uh, I mean, they had
1: Fuentes Justin before Fuente, that but, they did well. Yeah, they had Fuentes before that, but but before that, it's not like they were pumping out coaches like they you know they yeah. have as of late. I guess you could say. Well, they I only like pumped your out Marshall one. pick. Marshall's interesting to me. Then, then the other one, okay, or, or maybe a Troy, because Troy always seems to. have, But I feel again, if that's more a coach related, is that more what Neil Brown did. Where'd he go
0: again? WVU to replace. Oh yeah, Dana. that's right. And uh, what's his face? Uh, Satterfield went to Louisville from mm-hmm. App State. Uh mm-hmm. huh. Yeah. So that that's the other thing is I'm really interested to see how those two teams do without those guys. See,
1: that's why. So that's why my main question was more of like, who would you want to take from those bigger conferences and pull down? And I picked the. T- you know, I guess we can argue that. Of the in the Big Twelve, the two teams kind of at the bottom really would be, or the newest members, TCU. So maybe they you know, maybe they're the most volatile to get out of there. And I think that would be huge for the conference. If you, could, I mean, TCU, Houston, SMU, all in one conference. Why not bring back the glory
0: days? What a swack. Jeez. We're just going back to old conferences, I don't think that's
1: necessarily a bad thing though no, it brings back some rivalries that some of this realignment as of late has gotten rid of like that texas texas a and m rivalry that they're trying to somehow get back but all right we 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 went a little bit too far, but that's what we do. <laughs> Let's get to another great topic in the night. Great question by our managing editor at Underdog Dynasty, Jared. And he had a picture to back it up. So his – he really wants us to know. So basically he said that Tulsa's mascot, Captain Kane, is no good. That's me being polite compared to what he said. So he asked you and I if we could design a new mascot. What would it be? Now I'm not gonna lie. When you say Captain Crunch over Captain King, I chuckled a good bit. Dude, it's not even a question. (laughs) That's not even a question. That
0: that picture that Jared sent us. Oh, it's it's awful. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty bad. Well, not even that. Let's start. Let's start with the name. When's the last time Oklahoma's had a hurricane?
1: Do they have hurricanes there? But then, I mean, we're talking about a complete culture change. We're talking about changing Tulsa completely now.
0: Yeah, let's do that. Let's take it a step further. We don't need to change the mascot. Well, I mean, if we're going to call them the Golden Hurricanes, you might as well put in the freaking Abominable Snowman up there because snow is just about as likely as a hurricane down there. (laughs) That's a good one. That's my pick. There you go. The Abominable Snowman? Solved. See, like, so, like, in,
1: when he asked the question, so the first thing that I was thinking, I was like, all right, so, like, golden hurricane, one.
0: What the hell is that? <laughs> so, why golden, too? Like, what, what <laughs> so are that, the hurricanes? So like, and well, why so the, the hurricane?
1: Like, uh, okay, so I'm going I'm to probably make this podcast a little bit weird real quick. but one, So I'm, like, in my head, I'm like, okay, so, like, gold and what goes with hurricanes? So I'm like, hurricanes, all right, so tornadoes. Wind, rain, shower, and then my head just got really – I was like, wait, gold, shower. Something really freaking weird about that right there.
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh. It just doesn't make any – I don't know. It just doesn't make any sense. Gold, tornadoes, gold, hurricanes, gold, rain. Like, no, it doesn't make sense. Why golden? Tornadoes Let's, would make more sense. That actually, yeah. Because they get those. But why <laughs> the, golden? God, you might as well call what them is golden the, the about blizzards while you're at it. What's golden about a hurricane? They could be the blizzards, and then their logo can be just Dairy Queen. Or the Abominable Snowman. There you go.
1: Jared, there you go. We came with we came up with a brand new, we're going to call them the Tulsa Abominals.
0: It it. it, it Golden Hurricane, and it's Golden Hurricane, too. It's not Hurricane. It's like, what? Oh, and they get upset if you say that S, too. Uh, seriously. It doesn't make any sense.
1: <laughs> so, alright. So, what is your new mascot then?
0: Dude, I told you. Abominable Snowman it makes just as much sense as whatever freaking Captain Kane or whatever his name is.
1: I mean, those so I'm looking at the picture right now, but those like thigh pads or whatever they are it's in that pathetic. thing. What is
0: that? Well, so I was, thinking, what's going I was on. thinking about who else has the hurricanes. So you have you have Miami and they have oh. that freaking duck or whatever it is, and then there's the Carolina Hurricanes in the NHL and they have a it's like a pig as their mascot. I don't know. They're, they'll be the Tulsa Yetis. That's what they're gonna be. <laughs> I like it. Like, Tulsa big, big Flood essentially would be so
1: their I, mascot. I, I, I'm, I literally can't stop looking at this. Like the UT that they got going on there. I don't understand what's going on there. And why is he supposed to be a superhero?
0: Right. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Or the other ones that they show of the like tornado looking mascot. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't get that. It, the math, the, what, the tornado mascot, his head actually looks like Captain Crunch. Well, the that, oh, so
1: the, that one, so, <laughs> yeah, that one's really bad. But like, <laughs> all right, so I, I'm literally, so as I said, I'm looking at this one. Has he got a sword, too, or something on his pocket there? Yeah, it looks like he's yeah. wearing, like, he's got some kind of sword or a gun or something. Yeah, yeah he's got a sword. He's, he's got a cape. He's got a yeah. He's got a nice red cape. Let's talk about the other thing. Is the colors? Everywhere.
0: Their colors are blue and gold, and then they decided, hey, let's throw red in there too. But you're talking about the cape. Yeah, what? Even their their logo.
1: Oh yeah, I guess the logo does have a little bit of. red I guess the, lo- the about- logo
0: is blue and red, and then there's gold. I mean, it just you put, Let's just put two colors that go together, and throw a third color that doesn't go really with the other one
1: he's got a weird smile too this mascot yeah it's just so stupid it's kind of creepy don't get caught in a loomer with this Captain Kane that's all I'm gonna say
0: stupid just stupid
1: alright so I guess we banged out all of our fan questions well let's ask each other a couple questions Let's do it.
0: I've got one. Or do you want to do that next week?
1: How far along have we
0: gone? Oh, I didn't realize we were this
1: far along. We're we're having a lot of fun. Okay, yeah. I didn't realize we were uh, this far into it. Yeah, this might be a topic for another week then. We got got time for
0: next week. Yeah, we can do that next week. Because Um, Captain Kane took up a lot of our time. Tulsa Yetis, coming up.
1: Tulsa Abominable Snowmen.
0: Tulsa Campbell's Chunky Soup while you're at it. Like, what? Just throw random mascots out there. Random names. What else is big in Tulsa? I don't know. The Tulsa Not Oklahoma Sooners? Or the Tulsa Not Oklahoma State Cowboys?
1: I typed in Tulsa Food. That didn't help me out much. I thought Um, it was like a... Big food down there. I don't know. Yeah. Tulsa barbecues. I don't know what you're going to call. Cowboys
0: and Sooners, and then you have the Golden Hurricane. Tell me which one doesn't belong. Sooners. <laughs> oh man. Who'd win but, in a fight, Jarrett's Roadrunner or Captain Kane? Ooh. Captain Kane, obviously, he's a superhero. <laughs> a pathetic superhero. And he's got, got a
1: gun. Or whatever that, that whatever that thing is in his is in his sword. holster right there. Or hol- that I guess that's what that's supposed to be, A huh? sword? I don't
0: know. So do we have to change the name because Captain Kane would would beat the roadrunner? Captain I don't know. It's the worst mascot of all time. Came in no, at all I, time, but that's I was gonna so say, I've seen, I've
1: seen some worse, but yeah, that's pretty bad. That I honestly glad Jared brought it up so we could kind of get on that a little bit. We've never really talked about how pathetic of a name that is for not only a mascot, but even for a program Golden Hurricane.
0: You know, at, at least Yukon's what's golden about a hurricane. There's nothing golden about Hurricane. Seriously. At least UConn's mascot looks good. Yeah, it's a Husky. So maybe we kick out Tulsa because their mascot's terrible.
1: Let's do it. Bring in Oklahoma (laughs) from the Big 12 because they're going to dissolve soon. All right, I guess that's the point in this episode where we call it a wrap's. This was definitely one of the more fun ones. I think you can agree with me on that one, Joe. Oh, for sure. We got to uh, talk a lot of things that otherwise we probably wouldn't talk about. We've definitely got to do another one of these before the season starts because it was so much fun. Um, again, thanks to everyone who contributed to the questions. Shout out again to Tom, my buddy Nick, who ball, Kyle, my co-host. Eric, the co-host. At Underdog Dynasty with the other Joe. I shouldn't call him the other Joe. Because we're going to do one of those three Joe podcasts soon, hopefully. He's one of us. He is one of us. So we're going to do one of those three Joe podcasts soon, hopefully. Thanks to Jared, again, for arguably the best question of the night. Am I leaving everybody out? Did I get everybody? Mike, I got put mics. You're Mike. Dana, and Dana, who asked the Dana question?
0: Uh, Brian did. My follower Brian. I don't know what his last name is because he just changes it to whatever coach he's feeling at the time. So that's pretty funny.
1: So who's that at right now?
0: Who's that? Um, it's our uh, it's he's it's Selkie. I can't remember which coach it is. To be honest. So that's his favorite coach right now. All right.
1: Anyways, thanks to all you guys for the questions. Literally couldn't have done this show without you guys. Otherwise, me and Joe just ask each other questions, but that's what we're going to do next week. On that note, make sure you are following the Underdog Podcast, who is now part of the SB Nation Network of Podcasts. So please leave us reviews, like us, do whatever you got to do to make those numbers go up for us and on behalf of both Joes here thanks again for listening to the underdog podcast and the Minnesota Gophers will never be part of the AAC sorry Tom they'll just be bottom feeders in the Big Ten for a while